Welcome to the Arise podcast. I'm Tanya Anderson, CEO at Arise. It's my pleasure to have with me today Josh Salazzo, who works at Arise as our Service Access and Assistance Coordinator. Welcome, Josh. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you here, and you have a great story with Arise, but we're going to focus first on what you're doing right now. Can you explain what Service Access and Assistance means? Yes. Um, I, uh, I work out of the Oswego office. Um, and I help people go through the office with persons with developmental disability services process. Um, I get uh, referred a lot of my individuals from our education advocacy department um, and also from the community. Um, we do some outreach events um, and speak with different parents and professionals and if they have a child who they think could get services through uh, OPWDD then they would refer them to me and we go through the process. Um, basically, it starts with an information session uh, that's done virtually. And once they watch that, they uh, call the front door of CNY, which is in Syracuse, and request a TABS ID. The TABS ID is uh, the number that will be assigned to an individual for the system through Office for the Person with Developmental Disability. And then we gather all the documents needed and submit it for eligibility. And then it goes to the front door. They look at it, it's a process. It can take two, three months. And then they come back if it's eligible or not. Okay, so that's a lot in that statement. So we're talking about usually uh, children, young people who might have some sort of um, intellectual or developmental disability, which yes. we'll get into in a second. and. You know, I went through this process with my daughter, so I know this is a really complicated process. So you're basically there to help families and individuals sort of navigate all the different steps, which we'll break down in a second. Right, right, right. Yep. And and like I said, it's it can be a time-consuming process, um, but I like to take step by step through the process with them because it it is confusing. And luckily, I have some contacts. Uh, that I speak to at the front door um, if I ever have any questions. And like I said, we've been doing it now for five months. Um, and right now the only issues we're running into is the process of actually getting the assessments completed from the different agencies. Okay. Um, there's a long wait list okay. right now. So that's going into what sort of paperwork you need to collect. Right, right, right. right. And when we talk about the front door, that's really an office for part of the office for people with developmental disabilities that that's their sort of their entry point is that right 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 right, right yeah. okay so before we talk about the kind of paperwork that families need to gather what are some of the disabilities or um, situations that might occur that would make a, a child or a young person eligible for services most of the disabilities are intellectual disabilities autism uh, cerebral palsy epilepsy and then neurological impairments Okay, and then sometimes maybe a, a, like a learning disability might hit the threshold. Right, too. right, right. But the so, IQ and the adaptive assessment. Right. So really, a family doesn't know if their child is going to qualify, and people shouldn't self-select say, "Okay, I'm not going to be eligible," because you really don't know. Right, right, right. Okay, great. And then in terms of trying to find out if you're eligible, what is some of the paperwork that needs to be gathered? Basically, there's a psychological assessment, which will include an IQ test, 
and then the adaptive assessments. And that's done by a professional? Yep, that's done by a uh, Article 16 clinic, um, someone like uh, the Horizons Clinic, uh, Arc of Onondaga, Access okay. um, CNY, um, those those agencies will complete the assessments. And that's like a psychologist would do that? Right, right, okay. right, right. And then sometimes they have uh, school psychologists that can do it okay. in the school, um, maybe part of the IEP or the 504 plans okay. that they do. Um, and then there's a social history or psychosocial history, and then medical reports from their pediatrician or general practitioner where it kind of explains the diagnosis and that the individual has the disability before the age of 22. That okay. is another prerequisite of getting services is the disability has to be before the age of 22. Okay, so you gather all this documentation, you help the families, it's really documenting the medical side and then the adaptive side and gives a picture of the child and then that's submitted to OPWDD and it takes you said two to three months for them to go through the process that they're they're uh, set in on a, a training here about a month and a half ago two months ago and they're saying it could be three to five weeks um, but like I said it, it 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 can take time right and I can imagine um, putting myself in the position of the family that there are a couple of really probably several really stressful parts of this process. One would be families even acknowledging that their child might be different, quote unquote, and need some extra services, that there might be some resistance to that. Do you, do you see that? It's, it's definitely, like I said, it can be, because going into it, you don't know if your child is going to be eligible. Right. Um, and I've seen it with couple different of the fam uh, families that um, is definitely some hesitation there right um, but once you talk with them and show them the process and the information session which is the first step is about an hour and a half long uh, training that you sit in on and there's actual people from the office of person with a developmental disability office that are on there and you can ask questions and I think that kind of eases their tension Right. Um, once they can talk with them, and then you move forward from there. Right. And I can see as a, a parent that another point that might be stressful is when you're looking at all this documentation, which is pretty clinical, and it's describing your kid, whom you love with all your heart, in these cold clinical terms. And it, by nature, it's focusing on that child's quote-unquote shortcomings. Right, right. Do parents have... Do they talk to you about that? I haven't had, like I said, it's, I haven't had a parent actually get into detail with me about that. But, like I said, the assessment process, when they go through, like, the psychological, it gives backgrounds, birth history, all that. You can tell sometimes that it's definitely a soft spot. Right. Um, but I think they've all handled it pretty well. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's great that you're there and that you're sensitive to that oh, yeah. and to shepherd them through that process. Yep. And I can imagine another really stressful part is um, just the waiting the once waiting. you submit all that paperwork. <laughs> That's always one of the questions that gets asked, and it's always, like I said, it's the assessment process itself to actually get them completed for people who don't have them done already. That has been, and I don't know if it has to do with 
staffing issues or, or COVID or whatever, but it's getting the appointments, getting on the wait list, like, it can take months. Yeah. I know one agency was two years. Wow. And it's just, it's been like that for since COVID started. Yeah, and that's a time that parents are watching tick away while they're not right. getting services for their child. Right, right. Very and, stressful. And, and they're in the school system right. um, trying to deal with that, with all the different the IEP and the 504 plans. Um, so it's, they want it taken care of, but it's right. waiting. It's a waiting game. So that's a really good point that you just brought up, that this system with OPWDD services, which we'll talk about what those actual services look mm -hmm. like in a second, is distinct from the school system because right. if a child qualifies in the school system as having a disability, then they have a much quicker access to getting the individualized education plan, the IEP, right. the 504 plan, which is another sort of plan to make sure that they have the services and supports they need to be successful in accessing the curriculum. So I'm really glad you brought that up because while parents are waiting for OPWDD services, it's not like their child isn't getting any support. Right, right, right. Great. Right, and with our department, um, the education advocates, they do a great job and they work with the parents throughout that whole process right so that's that's nice and you had mentioned how you guys really work together right to support families which I think is pretty unique to arise actually yep yep, yep. great um, so what are some of the services that once a family goes through this whole process and they are eligible for OPWDD services what are some of the things they look forward to Okay, some of the services, uh, the family support services, which is like in-home care, respite, uh, physical therapy, occupational therapy, day and community have programs, uh, and then supported appointment, um, behavior supports, and then transportation to and from services, and then they have the care coordination, um, which each individual have a care manager through a care coordination organization. Right. Um, in, in our area, at least for Oswego County, there's two. Um, there's Life Plan CCO and Prime Care. Okay. Um, those are the two different ones. And once an uh, individual is eligible, they choose which care coordination organization they want to go through. And then they get a care manager, and that care manager will set up all the services for that individual. And then they stick with them throughout the time they do their updates for their life plans and that's basically they make sure that their services are running smoothly right so you sort of shepherd people through the initial process and once they're eligible they get a care manager through a care coordination organization right. and then you sort of fade out a little bit right and then the care manager takes care over. care manager and they take over and then they go from there with their services so this sounds like a really um, paperwork intensive position that you're involved with what do you find rewarding about this work I, I absolutely love helping people um, I, I love being able to even if I don't have the answer to a question from a parent um, that I can contact my different um, contacts with OPWDD and go from there find them their, their, the answer to their questions and uh, like I said it's just it's one of those things where I work part-time in the position, um, but I enjoy being there. I really do. I enjoy being in the office and uh, talking with everybody and 
kind of assisting them through the process because like we talked earlier it can be it can be difficult right. to go through the process right. uh, if you're doing it by yourself and never had any experience with it it can be very 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 tough and overwhelming and overwhelming right right, right. And I think many times people with disabilities feel a little isolated to begin with right right yeah right so let's talk a little bit about um, you know Arise is an independent living center we we employ people with disabilities as well as serve people with any age and all disabilities and you identify as a person with a disability yes yeah um, can you talk a little bit about that experience yep yep um, I'm 37 and I was born with spina bifida um, I went to college I uh, got my bachelor's of Swiggle State um, and then I came over to Arise back in 2016 originally and I worked through I was the ramp program coordinator and I also did a housing advocate I did that for about a year and a half and then I transitioned into the New York Connects position um, which was a program that was starting up then this was right. like 2000 late 2017 I think it was um, and then I did the New York Connects coordinator for Swiggle County for about a year and a half and then I moved on to another position somewhere else and after a while I just got to the point where I wanted to get back into the human services field um, I really wanted to uh, come back to where I was I, uh, I felt comfortable here um, with our co-workers um, I spoke with them and kind of talked about is there any open positions yeah. and uh, I applied and I was lucky enough to get the opportunity to come back and like I said I've been doing this position now I'm uh, it was a learning experience when I first came back doing this but I've picked it up and um, I'd like like I said I can kind of when I work with someone who has a disability I can talk with them and do some advocacy where it's they I can basically see, I don't know the right word for that. <laughs> well, you're, you're up here. I mean, what's so right. important to what you're saying, and I'm so glad you came back, yeah. is that, you know, as an independent living center, one of the key things with Arise is that we're, we're here with a lived experience. So when, right. you, when you connect with someone, you can truly say with great authority that I can, I can, I can figure out where you're coming from. I can empathize. Right. I've had a different journey, but I've had a journey with a disability. Exactly. And you're on a journey that is going to it's going to unfold however it unfolds, but you're not going to win it alone. Right. And I mean, you have tremendous credibility as a person with lived experience who's navigated difficult systems, right. dealt with, you know, may have dealt with stigma, yep. may have felt like you were pushed aside, that people assumed you weren't fully capable when you absolutely were. Right. I mean, all those things that someone may be experiencing, you say, you know what, I had a similar experience. Right. And that and that connection, that makes it so much easier when you're speaking with somebody. Yeah. Uh, it definitely, like I said, it's, I can sit there and say, okay, I might not have had your situation, but... I had something comparable I kind of know right. what's going on right and that's really powerful right and I would imagine I don't want to put words in your mouth that um, you know just for yourself that the success you've had at Arise and then other positions in the community um, 
I would hope has been powerful for you because Absolutely. it sort of demonstrated yourself that I can do anything. Absolutely. Yeah. So yep. you, you can do anything. Oh, yeah. Yep. I'm, s I'm so glad you're here at Arise doing your thing, yes. though. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. Thanks. I am uh, very happy here. Thanks so much, Josh. Yes, thank you. For more information on how you can support Arise, visit our website at ariseinc.org. Support Arise. Support independence.